1: Hello, everyone. This is Phil Golfe with REMAX, the Golfe team. Welcome to the golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition with host Rick
2: Zamperin. Good morning. Once again, it is another fantastic Saturday here on the golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Zamperin with Phil Golfe, sales representative, REMAX's Cartman Realty, the Golfe team. You can find them on the World Wide Web at robgolfi.com. That's robgolfi.com. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfi team, 905-575-7700. And you can follow the Golfi team on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. If you have a topic idea or a question that you would like answered on a future program, send the Golfie team an email at questions at robgolfi.com. That's questions at robgolfi.com. We have some really interesting topics we're going to get to today, as is usually the case here on the Gulfy Real Estate Show. We're going to talk about uh, a new nest egg for snowbirds, snowbirds why Canada's housing squeeze could be worse than we originally thought. We'll also get into mm. home equity lines, credit uh, heavy fines for a quote unquote, unethical home builder uh, in the local area. And uh, we'll begin with some, uh, I'm sure exciting news in the life of Phil Dolphy. <laughs> How has your real estate week gone? Yeah, it's been good. It's been really busy, but there's,
1: there's one topic or one thing that, you know, I wanted to get into. So I'll break it down. There's two seasons out there, which I'll call the the neighbor season. The season where you have to cut your lawn and the season where you have to shovel your driveway. Those are, you know, your neighbor seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's, you know, there's times when you'll have to do the shingles with your neighbor or, you know, put up a fence. But, you know, we're in this polar vortex. We're in the snow season. And the way these you know, municipalities design their housing complexes today. It's oftentimes we'll share a driveway or, you know, share a lawn or share something with, with a neighbor. So in real estate, oftentimes people will ask us, you know, how are the neighbors or what are the neighbors like or what's going on? And, you know, sometimes unfortunately people move because of their neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, everyone has their own, their own neighbor story and and so on. But what, you know, in these in these shared driveway situations and you know, in this polar vortex where you know, we can get snow, what's is, is there unwritten rules when it comes to shoveling your neighbor's driveway or what are the rules around around, you know, cutting your neighbor's lawn? Because in the grand scheme of things in terms of life, these are minor items that are talked about or but, but they're items that could push buttons and mm-hmm you know, make people really upset and, and so on. So it's, it's from, from a real estate standpoint, everyone has their own unwritten rules, whether you shovel your neighbor's driveway or you cut your neighbor's lawn, or, you know, should there be an agreement up front or a handshake agreement up front in terms of what's going on? So I have this neighbor, his name's Joe. He's, he's a great guy and every neighborhood has this neighbor. You got the guy who gets out first thing in the morning with his snowblower and does all the sidewalks. And so the city doesn't have to, and I mean, it, you know, we're in Hamilton, our city doesn't do them anyways, but the, you got the snowblower guy who does everyone's sidewalks and driveways and can't wait to do it. And then you got the, you got the other guy who will, will have a snowblower and, and does his own. What, you know, what happens when, you know, how do you, how do you come to this agreement with your neighbor when you, when you first move in? Is it, is it a knock on the door? Say, hey, this is, you know, I'll get the first couple inches of snow and you get the last couple inches of snow or I'll do yours and you do mine. Or, you know, this is my side of the grass, but it's amazing to see, incredible to see how many neighborly fights that, that grass and snow (laughs) can cause in in certain neighborhoods. And we often see those stories. So, and, uh, and, and this week in real estate, those, I had to start with that because unfortunately we have seen once again another one of those stories and it starts over a snowfall ends with a shovel and two neighbors arguing so what's your what's your what do you think rick what's what are some unwritten rules that neighbors should abide by when it comes to some some snow removal processes and, and some grass cutting processes. Well, I'll say this. What I, do you think?
2: I, I don't share a lawn with my neighbor, but I do share kind of a driveway with my neighbor. So I'm up on the central mountain and right. um, I was, or at least my home at the time when it was built in 1957, was the last in this stretch of homes that were being built. And when you look at my street, it's home driveway, lawn, home, driveway, lawn, and on and on until you get to my house where it's home, driveway, and then, oh, there's a driveway on the other side of my driveway when they started building all these homes. You know, again, it was still in 1957, but it was the new kind of stretch of these homes. And so when I moved in, I thought, okay, this this could be an interesting thing. And we never really had a conversation with our neighbor who was a phenomenal guy. His name was Roy Green. Right. And I remember the first day when I moved in. Had the truck in the driveway, unloading the stuff. And here's this guy, who I think at the time was in his late 60s, early 70s, coming out to help me move into the house. And I thought, wow, this this is a great neighborhood. Amazing. And so he had a snowblower, and he would snowblow his driveway. And if it was a substantial snowfall, he would do mine as well. Because at the time, I did not have a snowblower. But... I do have a snowblower now, and I remember what Roy did for me, so now I'm paying it forward to other individuals on the street. And if we get a big snowfall, I'm out there because I know not everyone else has a snowblower. And when you do, you know, what's another, you know, jerry can of gas, as long as you're being neighborly and helping out. Now, the lawn thing, I think, is more interesting (laughs) because, and we have, you know, some back-to-back lawns further down the street. I I think you have to have the conversation with a neighbor to say, Hey, listen, you know, no matter who's cutting the grass, let's just do the whole thing at once. Right. So if I'm out there, I'll do it. If you're out there, you can do it. You got to keep tabs on how often you're going out as opposed to the other guy, because that might be a sticking point too. Right. If you're cutting the grass, you know, seven times in a row, you're thinking, hey, Bill or Susie, like, uh, you know, when are you going to be cutting the grass? So I think you got to have that conversation. Definitely. So, so my neighbor,
1: Ron, great guy. And we have, a, we have a shared driveway. And I swear, you know, our driveways, you cannot fit more than two cars in them, mm. side by side. That's right. it. Shared driveway, side by side. We're in a townhouse complex. And so we we had a big snowfall earlier this year. And, and my girlfriend comes in and she's like, you know, Ron didn't snowblow our driveway. Mm. And immediately, I'm like thinking back. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? Did I, <laughs> did I do something to, you know, piss this guy off? Yeah. And I'm like... You know, did I, did I miss a cut or what, you know, what, what, what's going on? But why, you know, why, why he just did his own driveway. Why, why should I, and him, you know, her and I, it's like, did our, you know, did our dog do something like what, you know, we're trying to think (laughs) about what's going on. Sure. But in the end, it's just like, you know, you you get caught in this overthinking process, but this is what neighbors go through during a, during a winter storm. This is, this is what it's all about. It's, we want to be neighborly, but the second somebody doesn't, you know, put their snowblower on our driveway and clear our snow it's like it's the end of the world rick mm-hmm. what's yeah. going
2: on i i like the it's flip crazy. side i like the flip side when you have a neighbor who uh, you know you look outside and you know that we got <clears throat> a lot of snow overnight and you're like hey they did my driveway too like that's amazing like it's a great feeling
1: yeah it is it is but you know what a couple other things how early is too early to get th- like we know that those blowers have will wake up an entire neighborhood. Yeah, I have a story. Like, this. Just have the sound yeah. to them. Like it's just like it just screams. So 5 a.m. is unacceptable. Yeah, that's way too. If you're a too snowblower early. guy or gale out there, and <laughs> yeah. you and you're you're getting ready for this storm, and you're a 5 a.m. snowblower guy, that's
2: way too early. That's way too. Like what? Like what? What's the rules on on firing up the snowblower? It's it's seven at least. Yes, I would say seven. During the week, eight o'clock on weekends. 100%.
0: <laughs> that's
2: my rate that's that's point. 100%. But listen, to, listen to this. Listen to this. So, the last Man. major snowstorm we got, we didn't get a lot, you know, 10, 15 no. centimeters. Uh, I have a neighbor. His name's Warren. He's an outstanding guy. He's one of these I'm going to snow blow everyone's sidewalk kind of guy. Awesome he, guy. He, I get home and he's whipping out his brand new snow blower. Not only is it a brand new snow blower, it is a brand new battery powered electric snow blower, oh. which is as noisy as a weed whacker. Oh no! And he, it was phenomenal. Like you he couldn't hear it. It yeah. was like it was like a uh, it was like a zipline. Yeah, and I'm like, this is phenomenal. He says, Yeah, it, I, I can on one charge snowblow sixty parking lots. And I said, Warren, there's at least sixty driveways on the street. Have at her. <laughs> <it." laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, yeah,
1: that's great. I mean, we all need neighbors like that. It's don't overthink it. If you can take care of your neighbor, take care of your neighbor. And uh, and 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 we'll we'll make this a better place a better place to live together, Rick. You and I. We'll, we'll, we'll together. We'll we'll come up with the unwritten rules of of grass cutting and snow blowing. I agree. Between it, your neighbors.
2: It's all about paying it forward. And I think at the end of the day, if you do something and it makes your neighbor happy, or at least makes you happy, or you think your neighbor's happy, I, I think you're in a good spot.
1: Yeah. Before we go, I got like a comedy bit here. Okay. So, is <laughs> this so funny? So, you know, we grew up in, in Grimsby and. We had a couple elderly neighbors and, and my dad would make us, I got two older brothers. He wouldn't make us go shovel their driveways. I mean, looking back now, thank God, I feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, but when you're, you know, an eight year old, nine year old, 10 year old kid, you just, you, you know, sometimes you didn't, didn't understand, but it was like the, uh, it was like the, the shoppers discount. It's like, once you became elderly, you're going to have three golfy boys show up at the end of your driveway and <laughs> shovel it every time. Every time. <laughs> so, that's so pretty cool. All the uh, all the elderly neighbors, you know, it's you know, once they got older and we were able to, my dad would just point in a direction and three
2: golfy boys just showing up at the end of your driveway ready to shovel it. So oh, that, that was our good. childhood when it snowed. That was pretty good. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a number of things, including the uh, local housing situation and how uh, the January stats are in. We can get to uh, look at how uh, things are going in Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara as well. We're also going to talk about home equity lines of credit. Do you have one? Have you soaked up all the funds in there? If so, you're probably not alone. And we're also going to get into a bit of a nest egg for snowbirds and how you can take advantage of snowbirds. some of the offerings down south, real estate wise. All that and more coming up here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on nine hundred CHML.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of nine hundred CHML. Oh, oh, let me go.
2: The Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samfran with Phil Golfie, Sales Representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, The Golfie Team. You can find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's RobGolfie.com. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's The Golfie Team, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year. 905 Five seven They're dominating the social media game as well. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, they're all over the social media game. And uh, if you want an instant home estimate, by the way, you can go to golfyhomevalue.com. That's golfyhomevalue.com. Plug in a couple of numbers here and there, and you'll get a pretty good idea of what your home could go for on the open market. Uh, speaking of which, January real estate numbers are in from the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington. Not too surprising surprising when we look at the numbers although one thing has stood out to me when we look from January 2022 to January 2023 the average price of a home in Hamilton has dipped from 966,000 to just shy of 950,000 so about a 210k drop 215k drop year over year but when you look at month over month pretty flat line from December to January it's down just a couple thousand dollars the number of homes in January that were sold far away. What happened in December? Three hundred forty-six to two ninety-three. Phil, what's your sense as we're now into twenty twenty-three on how the market is looking?
1: Yeah, the market, the market is looking good. I mean, we we went through those the, the the doom and terror months already, and it seems like those those are behind us. And and those months could be described as uh, rising interest rates, you know, falling prices, people getting. Um, you know, people that, that are, uh, you know, can't afford certain homes because of, because of the interest rates. Um, there was a lot of stress put on home buyers and, and they lost a lot of their affordability. Um, and, and it pushed a lot of people out of the market. Um, so what that did is, is prices fell, unit sales fell. Um, but it looks like we've had, you know, a soft landing and, and the worst is behind us, which is, you know, a really good sign. Um, and, and, you know, looking at since August of, of 2022, we've, we've had, you know, like I said, a soft landing where we're starting to flatline um, in terms of a, a average purchase price or uh, a benchmark price, which is, which is a really good sign for, for people, for both home buyers and home sellers that are out there. Um, I think this is going to bring a lot more confidence back into the market. Um, and, 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 and then we can, you know, start to get going again. Right, we we can lose those fears and those anxieties of our our housing market crashing and uh, the Canadian housing housing market going and and, and all those negative negative um, headlines and reports that were flying around and and scared a lot of people away that there's a little bit more stability um and, and stability both ways right because that housing market that was in you know the Q1 of 2022 where we had no inventory and Houses were appreciating rapidly, um, and and there was multiple offers, and houses were going for hundreds and thousands of dollars over asking price. Well, you know that's not good either, right? Like let's face it, you know one way or the other, we needed some stability, we needed some balance, we needed to get the inflation numbers down, and and we needed a little bit more security when it came to you know our homes, whether you're buying or selling. So, uh, with that being said, yeah. A soft landing um, combined with a, a a flat line in pricing, and I think it's going to be flat for 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 a little bit now. We might we we might get a little uptick in terms of appreciation price growth, um, just because it, it, it's gonna it's gonna get confidence. There's gonna be a lot of people that were sitting on the sideline waiting to jump back in. I think those people are gonna jump back in you know now or in the next you know six weeks um, because it's a great time to to get back into the market and buy Um, and and, and like I said, we're gonna see that little uptick in appreciation growth or value. I'm working with a couple right now that's buying in Hamilton or buying in Burlington. And every single house that we walk into is going into multiple offers within three or four days. Now, when I say multiple offers, I mean, you know, two or three. I'm not, it wasn't like the crazy 25, 30 offers like before. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing days on market, Start to come back down to to you know a moderate level of of 25 days or 20 20 to 25 days depending on which neighborhood or area you're looking in but there's that confidence that's back and that's something that i see um in terms of working in terms of having conversations with with buyers and sellers there's that confidence that's back in our housing market that there wasn't before because it was it was a lot of doom gloom and terror and uh but 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 we've had a soft landing
2: Aside from Hamilton, when we look at uh, January housing stats in Burlington... um, the average price is nine hundred nineteen thousand dollars in January of twenty twenty three. That's down about four hundred k from one point three million in January of twenty twenty two. Same kind of scenario for Niagara. Uh, the price was about eight hundred forty eight thousand in January of twenty twenty two, down two hundred fifteen k to six hundred thirty two thousand dollars. And in Brantford, uh, the price has dropped year over year, January to January, by about one hundred fifty thousand dollars to six hundred forty four thousand dollars. That's down for about seven hundred ninety eight k. Um, and the reason yeah. I mentioned those stats is it looks like there's some really good value, especially for those first-time homebuyers. The issue is, though, is to qualify for those mortgages because the, of the stress test factor. Big time. There, there is a lot of
1: your upfront costs in comparison to last year in buying a home. And I mean your upfront costs, such as your deposit, your down payment, your land transfer tax, things of those nature, those nature is much less than, than if you were to buy a house today or buy a house right now. Um, your your mortgage payment over a three-year, four-year, five-year period of time is going to be higher. But that upfront cost is, is usually one of the main barriers that stops people from buying a house. So if, if those upfront costs have, have lessened, it's become more affordable for first-time homebuyers. However... Like you had mentioned, it comes back to qualifying. And at and the catch-22, if you can qualify, amazing. Because you, you, you can get a house for much less than what you can last year. Your down payment is going to be much less. Your land transfer t- uh, cost is going to be less, much less. So so those are motivating factors for, for people to get into the market today. But but like you said, the the, the qualifying rules for mortgages are hard. And for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of information out there that it's going to become harder. The Canadian banks want, we, we saw what happened with the U.S. in 08, right? And, and we will do everything we can to use that experience and learn from them so it doesn't happen here. Our Canadian banks are strong. What makes them strong is because they they, they lend on strict, strict rules, And from my understanding, these rules are going to become even more strict. There's going to be, they're going to introduce more, more um, areas of lending where you will have to qualify, and it's going to be harder to qualify. Right now, we 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 call we have what we call an exception process. Um, For for you know different reasons, people might not qualify under a certain criteria. However, the mortgage broker and the mortgage agent can ask for an exception based off of. X, Y, or Z. Um, now, from my understanding, is these banks are going to go to a no gray area lending platform where there's absolutely no exceptions that are going to be uh, granted, um, and so they're reviewing some of the the framework that they lend on uh, based on that criteria. So, if if you know, we could be in a situation in three to four or five months from now where it's even more hard to get a mortgage from a financial institution and 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 just to protect you know protect cane home buyers and protect the bank to make sure that they're lending to uh, to good qualified home buyers
2: if you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a home call the number one remax team in canada the golfie team at 905-575-7700 Online at robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I, dot com. Locally, there is some news to report, and that's a local developer, at least in, in the Burlington area, that has agreed to pay a fine of $60,000 and $2.6 million to purchasers of a condo that, um, you know, back in March... This condo developer said, hey, prospective tenants, we need you to pay more because what you paid as far back as 2015 is not translating into today's housing prices. And so, as you can imagine, these prospective tenants said, no, we're not going to pay that. Uh, And this developer then refused to have their purchase agreements canceled. So these people were potentially in the hook to lose uh, a lot of money. At the end of the day, this developer has been told to pay that money back. This seems uh, very shady.
1: Yeah, it does. Definitely uh, seems very shady. And we saw this happen a lot um, where, where you know, the, the rise in construction, the rise in building costs combined with the the increase in, in market, um, we, we saw a lot of developers go back to, um, you know, of uh, buyers and say, you know, we want to cancel your agreement or we want more money or, or things like that. I know there's a story out of the Niagara region where, uh, where a builder uh, canceled all the agreements uh, of purchases and sales hmm. and, and resold them at a higher amount. Um, it's 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 a it's a it's a disappointing situation. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances, and I think the you know they're people that that or developers that try to get away with um, manipulating the agreement of purchase and sale and and doing these these things um, will will be fine. And I think there there is a governing body that that will will you know um you know protect the the, the buyers for these new construction condos. So it's uh it is unethical it's a shame you know the, the these are these are people who have put their life savings into a new development that have looked forward to it that has that that are, are waiting for it to be built and waiting for it to be finished and then all of a sudden you know your your builder kind of turns around on you and says well you know we need more money or you know this this place that you bought two and a half or 3 years ago you know isn't yours anymore and then you know you, you buy it as an investment. You buy it because you, you you're you're planning out your life and and you're looking toward the future. And, and at that time, it's going to be right for you. And you know there's unexpected delays, and we have a pandemic. And then and then you you know on top of that, your developer turns around on you and says that you got to you know put more money into the project. It's, it's just it's a disappointing um, situation overall, and it, it kind of puts a dark black cloud. Over the over that new construction, um, you know, purchase right, like it, it, you know, we there was a number of these articles and a number of these stories that came out through, especially through the pandemic, um, and and it just made some people a little bit more weary of of, of purchasing uh, new construction um, homes, and it, it, it's been it's been disappointing to to see these stories, you know come out, especially when it comes to the first-time home buyer or, or the person who, you know, has, has, has their life is kind of on hold and they're waiting to get this, you know, whether it's a young couple or a newlywed or, or what, you know, so on, that, that they're waiting to move into this this new project and, and then all of a sudden it gets kind of pulled up from right underneath them and the dollars that they invested into that project to use those same dollars and go out into, into the, the housing market today based. You know, they would struggle just based off the appreciation of, of our home values. So it's uh it's disappointing and I think they deserve to you know, the, the they deserve to be punished.
2: Uh yeah, we had a similar story that we talked about on the show not too long ago at a Brampton where the average price when they were purchasing these new construction homes was about, I don't know, eight hundred fifty, nine hundred thousand. That price had escalated to about one point two, one point three million and now the home um, the home um uh, construction company, the developers are saying, hey, you know, to, to buy this home now, you got to, you know, fill the gap. You have to pay this this difference. Yeah. And people were being forced to walk away because, you know, who has a quarter of a million dollars hanging around? They just could not uh, do it. It's a really sad story. But let's move over to home equity line of credit and some of the stats that are coming out um, regarding how much money Canadians are dipping into their homes to get some of this home equity is startling. Canadians owe over $309 billion in home equity loans and they owe over $171 billion in a home equity line of credit debt. Um, that is a huge chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah, it is a
1: huge chunk of, of change, but I think if you were to look in terms of percentages and, and, and the values and compared to what's owed, I think it would be a, a smaller fraction of 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 that overall value, right? Um, but but let's face it, right? Our home values has have have been some of the fastest appreciating values in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, if you compare you know our our home values to to any other country in the entire world, we have some of the fastest appreciating values. So people are going to dip into that, and they're going to dip into that, whether it's for investment, to repair or update their home. Uh, vacations, education, whatever—that th- money is available to 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 that homeowner to to um, to take out of the equity. So it, 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 when 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 you have that consistent appreciation growth, that's what's going to happen. Now now recently, no, that, you know not so much because we don't we, we've gone the other way. So there's not that equity to take out. So um, but it, it is it is quite a lot right? It is, you know, that's what that's, let's face it, you know, we're putting our entire lives into working and paying for our Mm homes. At the end, sometimes this is, this is the main uh, resource of wealth that people have, especially in Canada. This is it. It, It's a lot of, you know, in some situations, 32, 42% of our incomes are going directly towards paying off the mortgage, paying property tax, and those items around the house. This is what people need access to for for emergencies for repairs for updates um and like i said whether you know you can get into some of those more impulse purchases as well such as a new vehicle vacation home or or um or a new you know a a new car Mm -hmm. um but but we you know a lot of vacation homes are bought with home equity lines of credit because it's difficult to get mortgages um for those for those other properties and this is how people will do it they'll they'll borrow against their principal residence and they'll they'll go up to you know go buy a cottage or go buy a condo down in florida and that's one thing that we see too is is a lot of people will will take one of these lines of credits l in, in on their home on the principal residence and they'll go buy a a, a place in, in in the united states and in the you know the reason for that is it's often difficult to get a mortgage um, from someone in the state. So they'll, they'll borrow against their own principal house. So it is, it is, you know, it's a very popular thing that, that people are doing. And, um, we've appreciated so fast and so quickly that they have that equity access to that equity within their house. And, uh, I think it's something that's going to be, um, you know, even, even more popular in, 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 years to come, because we, like I said, we, we do have that, that fast appreciation value, but, uh, but, But, you know, and and Canadians are, 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 they saving enough? I don't know. Right. That's, that's something, you know, that we'll have to look at, but I know for a lot of people, their wealth is in their house. Um, and this is one of their, their biggest, you know, their, their, their biggest wealth builders is their house. And, And that's what they have access to.
2: It's a great way to improve the house or go on a vacation or whatever the case is. That is for sure. When we come back, we're going to talk about Canada's housing squeeze and how it could be even worse than we originally thought. That's next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily... Necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
2: Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin with Phil Golfie, sales representative. REMAX is Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700. You will be calling the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's robgolfie.com. Canada's Housing Squeeze, Canada's Housing could be even worse than we thought. We know that the housing crunch is here, but with immigration, and funny enough, I was talking about this with a colleague just a couple of days ago. Canada is committed to bringing in hundreds of thousands of new immigrants each and every year. 460,000 is the target this year. We already have a shortage of homes, Phil. Now we're bringing in hundreds of thousands more people. Where are they going to stay? Yeah, that's a great question. And
1: that's, and that's where you know, if, if you are considering buying a house, that's why that's what's going to keep our housing markets strong. You know, the liberals have been on record since the beginning that they're going to rebuild this economy through immigration. That's their one of their number one, you know, objectives is, is to grow the population, um, attract more immigrants, and it's going to help rebuild our economy. And in the hundreds and thousands of new immigrants that are coming to our country every single year, they all need somewhere to go, right? They all need somewhere to live. And this is what's going to, this is what's going to drive our housing market. They are not building houses fast enough. It's just not happening right now. Um, And, and, and we're going to see, it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate, but that's what, that's what's going to drive the appreciation growth. We need to, Go down to the municipal level and promote housing development at the municipal level uh, to be able to support, to be able to cater, and to be able to help um, the, the newcomers to Canada, um, so that they that they do have a place to live and they can come here and 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 be comfortable. Um, but but we're just not there yet. We're not there. We're not we're not promoting the the development of of houses like we should. Um, and there's just still too much red tape around development at the municipal level um you know we talk to developers we talk to builders every single day and everyone from the small builder who does you know one or two or five you know builds a year to the to the large builder who's doing you know 150 to 200 new homes a year they each and every single one of them has to you know to fight and and battle with the municipalities to be able to 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 get these developments off the ground and to be able to build their communities, but at the federal level, it's a different story, right? So it's it's something that they're trying to promote. It's something that they're trying to um, implement, and 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 because they 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 know what's coming and they can see the issues happening right in front of them. So it's um it's it's a push and a pull factor. What's going on right now in terms of the the political uh, governments, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what what. What happens? Um, Immigration is not slowing down anytime soon. Unfortunately, housing and building is, and we're we're going to be stuck in a situation where we will continue to have affordability issues. We will continue to have a lack of housing um, problems, and and it's you're going to see it. You know, start in the GTA as it already happens right now, and it's going to spread across to the suburban communities um, surrounding. So it's uh it it, it it this is one this is a story that's you know one that we continue to follow i remember when we you know when we first started coming on the show we've talked about it we'll continue to talk about it um and it, it, it it's uh it's going to be difficult to see um to to, to follow this
2: You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. When we come back, we're going to talk about snowbirds. If you've ever wanted to own a property somewhere other than Canada, whether it's in the U.S. or maybe it's overseas in Europe or somewhere else around the world, well, Phil has some tips and advice for you on how that could become a reality. But you got to keep it right here. It's the Gulfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
2: Go around here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Phil Golfie, Sales Representative, REMAX, Escarpment Realty, the Golfie Team. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada. The Golfie Team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can check out the Golfie Team on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Have you ever wanted to be a snowbird, own a property in, I don't know, Florida? (laughs) Florida? Yeah, the answer is yes. Florida, Arizona, I don't know, Italy, Greece. uh, You you name the place, and we would love to see you there. Phil, uh, apart from doing your homework and a lot of research, what should would-be snowboarders need to know? Yeah, I I think the number one is, is know
1: your options, right? A lot of people get caught in these situations where they're you know, they're in one place and, and they, they fall in love with it and, and they make almost an impulse purchase, but it's, the, the first thing is, is see a lot of areas and, and, and do your research about what areas you like best, but also do the research in terms of the tax implications, the buying, um, you know, the, different, the, the different buying standards, the mortgage options, um, and, and you know, obviously there's, there's rules in terms of how long you can stay in, in certain areas. So, you know, do as much research as you can in regard to, to those specific areas. There hasn't been an easier time to own a vacation house than right now. And and the reason for that is, is because you can turn them into investments, right? When you're not there, we have amazing websites such as Verbo and Airbnb, which are worldwide. Um, there's property management companies that can help you manage them. So you can turn your vacation house into an investment opportunity and just use it. When you want to, which is which is an amazing option, and it makes it a lot easier and a lot less um, costly to go buy those those vacation homes, um, wh- wh- which is awesome. Now, when it comes for you know when it comes to, to when we look at the, the the wealth landscape, this is we're we're going to experience one of the greatest passes of wealth that we we've ever experienced from from the baby boomers down to their children. That's what we're gonna go through right now. That's what we're, we're already going through. That, that's what we're gonna see happen over the next 10 to 15 years. And, and, you know, economists say that these kids or the people that are, are, are inheriting this wealth are going out and that's what they're buying. That's one of the things at the top of their list is vacation houses. So we're gonna to start to see some of these, these exotic markets start to pick up um, and attract some of, you know, Canadians especially, um, just due to our our climate, but it's going to attract a lot of Canadians, and we're going to see a lot of people go down to Florida, Arizona, uh, Turks and Caicos, you know, the Caribbean um, for for and 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 live there either full time or part time, um, and and that's what that's what's going to be happening. So,
2: sounds pretty sweet. We have to end it with this. There's a couple from Seattle who have found that living from cruise ship to cruise ship permanently. Mm is a lot cheaper than actually paying their mortgage. So the way they broke it down is, and they've been doing this since May of 2021, uh, it basically amounts to $44 a day living on these various cruise ships, and they've been everywhere around the world, from uh, Canada to the Bahamas, Italy, Singapore, the list goes on and on. Um, Their mortgage cost per day, according to the story, is $89 per day. The average house price in Seattle is $913,000 would you, Phil, want to live on a cruise ship, like permanently?
1: Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be difficult. I mean, I, I, cruise
1: ships are just so close and so compact, and you get you know you get a bad storm and you got those twenty five foot swales. Yeah. And I don't know, and you know that that that's what would scare the heck out of me. But hey, I mean, is this a sign of the future? Right? Is this something that you know? The the new retirement home is going to be the, the cruise ship instead on, on of the, the water. <laughs> instead of the retirement. <laughs> Listen, home?
2: I've been on a cruise ship. I went for my honeymoon with my wife. We were there for one week, and at the end of the week, we thought that's enough. One week is plenty. Yeah. So uh, we got to run, Phil. Thank you for an outstanding show, and thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine, right here on nine hundred chml
0: The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are Employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.